0: all right well welcome back to the hobo single podcast where we discuss everything related to indigenous communities and housing and all good things in that area um i'm your host crystal sedino i'm the training and development manager for the native learning center thrilled that all of you are tuning in again for another episode we're back after having quite a bit of a hiatus so thanks so much for all the love and support i have a wonderful co-host with me
1: um, go ahead and introduce yourself, Cora. Hello, everybody. I'm Cora Anthony, and I'm the Training and Development Specialist for the Native Learning Center.
0: She's my handy-dandy, trusty sidekick, <laughs> dynamic duo. All right, well, today's uh, podcast topic is clean energy and how it can be a positive impact on Native communities. I'm really excited to be having this discussion What with um, Jacob Crane, who is the Executive Director of SLC Air Protectors. Go ahead and say hi, Jacob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, didn't uh, miss- Jacob Crane, but, uh, uh, my name's Jacob Crane, and I'm originally from Sitsuna Nation, Alberta, Canada, and I am the Executive Director of the SLC Air Protectors, and really happy to be here to share Uh, space and talk a little bit about uh clean energy within our communities so yeah
0: thanks so much for doing this um we were talking before the podcast and you know it's like wow jacob's so cool he's done so many things and he's like eh, whatever That was cool. It was fun. I like how chill Jacob is because we're pretty lax here, too. We're very, like, family-oriented and so on and so forth, so it's it's really nice to have you here and and feel that kind of, like, you know, like, wholesome energy, so thanks. (laughs) No problem. All right. Well, um, I guess let's go ahead and jump into it. Do you want to go ahead and just uh, talk a little bit about what SLC Air Protectors is, what you guys do, and all that?
2: yeah so we're an environmentalist nonprofit profit organization based out of salt lake city utah and our focus of lifting the native community here but also um doing a little bit of uh, initiatives that help with you know providing covert relief of course for our native communities air quality campaigns and you know helping our communities just transition over to Renewable energy projects at times. so we do a few things. Uh, We have yet to do any air quality stuff um, or any just transition work because we've been so focused on COVID-19 relief, and so we did a lot of garden initiatives last year. Uh, We did a, a running as medicine per run. We also did a what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh, COVID relief. Yeah, we did a lot of care packages last year and in the beginning of this year, so um, we kind of just took it slow this year. We we did our gardening initiatives as well. We also did some COVID relief, but now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we thought, what the heck, let's go ahead and have a powwow. So we're having a powwow in September, September 11th and 12th. It's called the Red Sand Powwow. Um, anybody who's listening to this, if this is edited by then, you know, come check it out. It's going to be in Moab, Utah, beautiful landscapes, beautiful people, beautiful dancing and singing. Yeah. Come on by.
0: Awesome. And, um, you know, obviously our listener base is, you know, native, but for those who aren't so familiar with the native cultures, you mind going ahead and explaining a little bit about like what a powwow is and what goes into it so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, a lot of planning, it's basically like one of our our bigger social events that we have um, lower ceremony, uh, cultural experience, dancing, singing, healing. um, An arena set up in a circle, a lot of dancers, you know, kind of dancing and showcasing, you know, where they're from, different categories, different styles of singing all in one place a lot of good food a lot of colors if anybody is on the line right now you definitely need to google what a native american pow is because i'm probably not doing the best uh, representation right now so definitely do that it's for free 99 on google
0: love that <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's really funny too on. um, Do I still have it up on? I was like, oh no, I don't have it up. I, I did Google. I was like, oh, let me just do like a brief Google. I know what a powwow is. You know, we've been working with the tribe for like over five years now. Been to, I think like two myself. So yeah, I totally understand when you're explaining this. It's like this doesn't know justice. <laughs> like just doing the basic explanation literally doesn't know justice. But yeah, Google guys, Google. Like you'll find out. There's there's a good basic like definition of it, but you can really see what Jacob's talking about. Because there's there's dance, there's it's really, really cool. So all right. Well, um, I know that you know we're here to really talk about clean energy and how can it you know be a positive impact with the native community. So let's go ahead and like jump into that. Like, wh- how how did you get into I guess that area, and then where are you at with it, and all of that good stuff?
2: So I got into in two thousand nineteen. So for the past two years now, it's always been kind of on my radar. I was working within my own community as the renewable energy project manager and so um, i took the job because i have just always wanted to do something in the clean energy um, field and so i i took it and i started learning really quickly that you know it's about consolidating your energy usage and making sure that your homes your buildings are retrofitted with with the proper material so that's like hvac systems that's weather i think it's called like weatherizing your house and so i spent a lot of time on the navajo nation i spent a lot of time in, in my community and so just making sure that your windows are sealed up nice your doors are sealed up nice um, you're using the proper hvac system that it's not an older system um, so you basically consolidate that making sure you're shutting off your lights when you leave your home um, there are <laughs> sleeping uh, sleeper uh, energy consumers, you know, that coffee pot, that microwave, you know, unplug those when you leave. Um, there's all kinds of ways to consolidate that energy usage and, you know, just making that just transition over within yourself. And um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, uh, we were looking at projects like as far as like solarizing the community, putting on uh photovoltaic arrays which is basically solar panels so we say pvs putting pvs on homes um, doing feasibility studies with that um, making sure that this was the proper renewable energy project that we were getting into for the tribe and and then pa- the pandemic hit that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun so because my my position within my community was um, basically sponsored through the provincial government which is basically the state um, they slashed the funding, so I was I was let go. I was one of those, I think it was like ten million, eight million Canadians that lost their jobs. So it's the only time I ever I'm ever going to refer to myself as Canadian. By the way, I'm not Canadian. I'm First Nations, and so I lost my my job, my position, and then I uh, I wandered around for about a week, and then I got a call <laughs> from somebody back in Utah. And so I've lived in Utah and within my community, that's it. I've never lived anywhere else between the two places. I've always been bouncing back and forth because Calgary is like, it's wonderful. You know, you get a lot of city, Satana, you get a lot of, you know, the reserve country, beautiful, you know, Utah, you get a lot of red rock, you get a lot of Salt Lake City. And so they invited me to take on this position as the executive director. And so I took it. I said, what the heck, let's do this. You know, it's it's a cool group, you know, with an interesting name, but it's an executive director position. And so I've never had that before. And so I took it, went down, back down to Utah. Um, and we were right in the middle, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. It just hit the Navajo. Um, I think there was like a couple hundred cases at that time. I think it was like 400 cases. And so we just immediately went to work. Started doing, um, you know, the whole care package thing, raised like $42,000 on a Facebook ad or something like that, used the money to keep funding the project. And then we started doing some garden initiatives over the summer. Um, We did covert relief throughout the summer, the fall, and a little bit of this past um, early spring. And uh, during that time, I I did take on a side a side hustle with another group, which is actually becoming my main my main hustle. Um, They're called Indigenous Climate Action. And so they're an Indigenous woman led group, and I I have to plug them in because they've taught me a lot. A lot of the work that I've been doing now is focused on the stuff that they've been teaching me. And so I am hired on as their just transition lead. And so my job within that organization is to go ahead and get our communities in in Canada north of the medicine line which is the border um, to just transition over into the renewable energy sector and so we identify projects usually it's frontline projects that are like stopping a pipeline or, you know, setting up camp in the middle of a forestry project and we solarize those camps or we get the communities to, to to help them just transition over so. It's been a fun experience thus far. I didn't know my life was going to take me here two years ago. I was actually trying to be a politician two years ago in 2019. I, I lost uh, a political campaign by 12 votes, so that was really fun. That was a really fun feeling, but uh, you know what? It's just the creator has other things in store for you, and so you just kind of rebound you know that's what that's that's the practicing of resiliency we always talk about resiliency and so it's always good to practice being resilient and coming out of the jungle you know wearing you know wearing what you're wearing and making sure that you're staying fed So, so that's my story and the renewable energy sector and uh i love it it's been a lot of fun um i have a ton of ideas and yeah
0: Oh, that's awesome. So you just kind of jumped into an executive director position without having had really any experience. Is that right? What
2: was that like? Yeah, zero no experience, no experience. But you know what? Because it was a smaller organization, I was able to manage it, and it was it was actually going completely downhill. Like they were going to close up shop. It was the third year that they were they were they've been opened. And so when they reached out to me they were like well this is what our budget is and this is what we've been doing and i'm like we're gonna go this way and then we just kind of went like this and so whoever whoever takes over the position after i i leave and i i promise them you know a little bit more because i'm transitioning out um i I definitely want to focus more on ica stuff which i have been for the past um three months that i've been hired on over there but that rep that the represent the not the representation the reputation that i built for that organization like i took them from nobody knows what they do to now everybody knows that they're there to serve the indigenous community and we've just built like 20 to 30 partners that actually will fund projects that we that we do and we've built those relationships based on pact and what we've done within the indigenous community. And so whoever takes that job over after I leave is going to be very happy because of the work that we were able to accomplish. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, some succession planning is going on there. That's great. Um, cool. Uh, I know I well, before, you know, we decided to do, you know, this podcast and whatnot, Because I know we also potentially have our energy conference, our fourth annual energy conference coming up. In February, hopefully we'll we we'll, still kind of, you know, a thing and then the new delta variant things are a little crazy in <laughs> and we still have like, you know, travel vans and, and whatnot. But um, I want to know more about the pow wow sustainable powwows. I know we talked about having you come down here to Florida and you know and then you would do like a segment on that but yeah I want to know more about it so how are you planning on making it sustainable you know how is it maybe not so sustainable now you know and so on and so forth so can you dive into that
2: so it's around policy and so um, in my community sometimes um you know powers are our biggest trash polluters and so what it goes down to is okay where's the trash locate what is this trash well it's vendor containers you know forks knives plates little containers to to go to containers pop cans all that stuff so how do we get around that well you got to put some policy around uh the vendors and make sure that they're doing biodegradable. Um, you know, yeah, it's a little bit more, but that's where you give them a little bit of a break in the the vendor fee. And so you kind of nip it right there. But you also have the, those recycling cans or recycling. Um, what are those things called again? Trash thingies. They're not trash, but they're recyclable bins. Yes, recyclable bins. You have those set up all over the arena you also have trash cans very visible and you just make sure that things are going to where they're supposed to go and water is a is another thing as well so it's going to be really difficult this year i was trying to get rid of water bottles but because of the COVID scene we might have to implement um that there and the lights so usually it gets dark during the powwow during the evening times and i wanted to get special Um, lights that are run off of solar panels so that we don't have to like have them be powered through generator, but those are really expensive and really hard to get as well. And so all I can do is have the power as best as I can this year so that next year we can take it one more step, one more step in the right direction. And so I, I originally wanted to cut all water out. I wanted to cut all trays out and put like a big huge bring your own feast bundle on the flyer so that you get rid of trash and all that stuff completely, but it's COVID and you have to make sure that people are staying safe as well. And so safety first, and then we'll worry about other stuff um, later on, which kind of sucks. But again, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So if you want to judge me right now, go ahead and judge me. But you know, that's just the way it works. But those are like the two things that I kind of noticed. You know with the whole uh powwow scene and i i I also wanted to encourage um carpooling you know folks carpooling so that you can take the uh you know the cars off the road that for folks that are going to commute you know make sure you you pick up a few folks so that you could say we carpooled here and i'd be like okay you've waived your whole fee you know so it's it's things like that little things like that that i see very practical um Again, this is just the first uh, first run for us, so I'm really interested to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all it's funny because it's all like, sim- like you said, it's all like simple and like reasonable things and like if. I mean, how many participants do you usually have at the powwow that you're talking about?
2: So this is the first annual this okay. the first, you know, but. Uh, From social media, we've gotten like, I think there's like over a hundred people that have uh, shared our flyer, so that's good traction. Um, On Instagram, I think it was like 80 people, and everybody's talking about it in the Southwest. So I'm assuming that we're probably going to get anywhere between 500 to 900 people going through there. Uh, it's an outdoor venue we're going to set up hand sanitizing stations we'll have the the temperature readers set up right at the gates um we'll probably won't we will probably well, we will not probably we will enforce social distancing we're going to try to make sure that folks are separated the seating um, so that means the arena has to be really big we're going to do our best to keep folks safe we're going to do our best and so um, we're going to make sure that people are wearing masks as well it's a private event, so technically we can get away with, hey, you have to wear your mask here,
0: so. Absolutely. Safety first, for sure. Things are, like I said, things are getting a little crazy again down here in South Florida, so I yeah. totally agree. Um, what was I going to say? Well, there's something in reference to the amount of people. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So for... The listeners that are like, Well,
2: how big can a powwow be? <laughs> it can be pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a fast uh, 3,000 people will walk through there that weekend, which I'm a little worried about because of the numbers. You know, we don't want to have too many folks. So I don't know how I'm going to do it. I might do like circles, like the arena, and then another circle for powwow dancers with exits. And then I might have another circle for spectators, and all the spectators can stay in there and like do little circles and be like, these are the groups, the patches. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm still playing around with it in my head, but safety
1: first. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh, definitely.
1: Can I add something? Sure. I think it's also like a very good time to use the powwow to kind of educate the people. You have an opportunity to. Well, we're using water bottles right now because of COVID, but moving forward, like, let's move into, like, I know Crystal and I do it, and we carry our own all day, every day. So it's like, it It also allows you, even though you're not going to be able to implement all the sustainable changes this year because of COVID, but to bring the community together and use it as a as a moment to educate them of moving forward, this is what you could do. So it's also a, a teachable moment, I think. Yeah.
2: For sure,
0: I think it also starts with like the younger generation, right? So like you know, you, you're teaching. I mean, I here at least in South Florida, when the tribe has the powwow, there are so many kids, and uh, like you have kids also dancing, and like you know, so I feel like if you start implementing or trying to move forward in that manner, they see it, and then they're like, oh yeah, no, this is this is a better way of doing it because we're not polluting our earth. We're you know what I mean? We're eliminating. Uh, The use of like, you know, plastics and and all of that stuff. So, and I think it's a great idea to, you know, lessen the fees uh, with the vendors if they're, you know, if you're implementing certain like rules and restrictions and and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. I mean, like, how did you come up with this idea to try and do it (laughs) that way?
2: Somebody so two things. Um, I used to run my my home community powwow and that one that one's huge like there's like seven seven to 10,000 people that roll through um, throughout the weekend. Um, it's just huge. And then the powwow would, would, would happen and then it would end and then there would be like a plane blew up like right there in the middle of their, you know, the area that the powwow, you know, would be in and it was just trashed. I'm like, okay, how do we get rid of the trash? How do we get rid of this trash? And so I'm like, we got to put some policy around the, uh, the food vendors. And then I heard that somebody had a environmentally friendly powwow um, where they didn't have any water bottles. And so they were giving out those, uh, you know, those cups. Um, I want to say they're like steel cups or whatever. They were giving folks those uh, those things for the water, and then they had water stations set up. The problem with that is, is COVID. I mean, we just can't have people touching, you know, the, 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 I don't know what the heck those things are called, but we can't have people touching those and then touching, you know, cups and sharing cups. Like, so I'm like, okay, this time around, we got to have water bottles because that's just, uh, to promote you know the safety of our our native communities and the last thing i want is for somebody to take that home with them back to their community and so again we could cancel this event this event could get cancelled at the end of august early september based on the delta variant numbers and so it's not we're not out of it not out of it at all but what i can do is make sure to take the, the necessary precautions of you know wear a mask social distance you know we're here to dance the only time you can take your mask off is in the arena um make sure that we're keeping the spectators from the dancers and singers and make sure that they have those exit points so that you know they're utilizing safety so yeah
0: no that's great yeah absolutely i think one thing that always comes to mind when you know we're talking about sustainability and you know, energy and whatnot, like, yes, it can be expensive. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about the solar panels and, you know, you know, going that route and having, you know, um, trying to avoid the use of generators and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of the time we tend to think that you have to do these, like, extravagant things in order to be energy, you know, efficient and whatnot. And you were mentioning it earlier, like, with the homes, like, just making sure your windows are sealed, making sure that, You know, um, like just little things like avoiding the use of, you know, plastic bottles if you can, like you can do that in your own home. I don't have, I actually stopped buying water bottles like a few years ago because I ended up (laughs) carrying around an aquarium. (laughs) That's what our our, uh, compliance director says. So, you know, you don't have to do these crazy things and I think that's something that is you know, important to mention, because a lot of the time, I think when we think of energy and sustainability, it's like, oh, it's super pricey, it's not affordable or, you know, whatnot. And it's like, no, it's just making like these small changes, you know, and and adapting how, you know, from how we used to do things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. just, you know, I think we, if we can get our people to buy in at that, you know, micro level of practice, you know, then maybe those people can influence tribal communities, you know, the chairmen, the council, um, CEOs, presidents of our communities and, you know, corporations to start to, let's see what that looks like on a larger scale. And hopefully we can put up some, you know, larger, you know, windmills or solar panels or run of the river projects, you know, micro hydro, whatever that may look like. Within our communities, because our community wants it, because they're all doing it, yay!
0: All of this is great information. Thank you, Jacob. Did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up, mention, you know, uh, plug in, maybe?
2: Um, I'll just plug this at the end here. Uh, you know, are we always talk about sovereignty within our communities and? You know, practicing our sovereignty or, you know, flexing our sovereignty. Well, an- another way to flex sovereignty is to get our communities to just transition over from, you know, the coal and oil and gas industry to renewable cleaner energy um, solutions. And so that's flexing sovereignty is being able to say we're powered 100% from renewable energy projects and it's working for our community and now we're selling back to the grid so our community is making money from the grid and from our renewable energy projects and we're also training our young people to build these projects and they're also being managed by our people for the community so just want to plug that in and that's what sovereignty looks like from an energy solutions viewpoint so make sure You know anybody who's listening to this? You know, do you want to talk about sovereignty? Let's talk about sovereignty. So, and then food sovereignty is the next thing. Just kidding. Okay. No,
1: no, you're right. To me, on food sovereignty, right? What? That sounds like a second podcast on food sovereignty.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Becoming your own utility company. Like I know that's a huge you know thing for native communities as well. Like I think that'd be incredibly beneficial. So yeah. Maybe food sovereignty is another podcast, Jacob. No? Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We definitely appreciate you being here and having all the banter that we've been having. Um, with Wait. that oh go ahead. Wait. Go ahead.
2: I, gotta, I gotta plug something else and okay. um, beware of false energy solutions that don't actually work for our communities um teslas are great they're great but not everybody can access those um due to the price of electricity and the um the hookups within our communities they're just they just don't exist um there's are certain areas i'm not saying that it's a bad transition but there are certain transition are projects that just don't work and you know you try to turn on a battery powered car electric powered car in negative 30 degrees it's just not going to work that's not a viable solution for our indigenous communities. so whenever the folks are making or coming up with these 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 solutions make sure indigenous voices are at the forefront letting folks know because for so long and this is ICA you know this is my executive director ariel derogier speaking right now they actively exclude indigenous people from the conversation and so if they if we're not at the table if we're not in the conversation then we don't exist so make sure that we're always up there speaking our mind letting them know if you're going to make a solution for us let's make sure that we have input in that solution or we're the ones leading the charge for the solution versus these, (laughs) these saviors making these solutions for us that don't actually work. Anyways, that's all I got.
0: See you (laughs) later, ladies later. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Did you want to do a plug for social media as far as like outreach and so on and so forth?
2: Yeah, add me on LinkedIn, Jacob D. Crane. Uh, My Facebook is just Jacob Crane. Uh, My Instagram handle is at Sutana Man. So that's at T S U U T I N A M A N and uh, I think that's all I got TikToks it's wow. an to man too hit me up
0: <laughs> awesome thank you thank you thank you all right and for those tuning in thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we definitely appreciate your time and dedication to us um we're always you know happy to see you know uh, more listeners and and whatnot. Um give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Nothing less. I'm kidding. I always say that I'm like, I don't want anything less than five stars now. Um, but um if you can go ahead and give us a rating, let us know how we did. And you can find this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Um, Simplecast is the hosting site, so just be aware. Um, and yeah don't forget to come back for more content if you want to reach me as the the manager of training and development um for any technical assistance or anything along those lines feel free email is going to be crystalsedino at semtribe.com and yeah happy to help see how we can improve indian country <laughs> as a whole so all right again thanks jacob and uh Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.